Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Welcome to yet another hour of (laughs) despair and hope. 22 days before the election, although many of you and I have already voted, uh, estimates range as much as a third of voters have already voted, which is amazing. Uh, It is October 12th. 2020. And um, I am stunned to see that CNN, I popped on CNN to just be able to monitor uh, the Amy Coney Barrett hearings, and CNN didn't have mine. And I thought, huh, what? And so I went up to MSNBC, and yeah, they've got it on. There's Dick Durbin giving opening statements, and there I see Amy uh, masked, listening. Why the hell isn't CNN carrying this? I don't know. That's just my first question out of the box, because I'm, I'm astonished. Astonished. Now, granted, this is going on for four days, I believe. Is that true? Um, and, um, it can be pretty hard to listen to, but, um, oh gosh, I sound like Donald Trump on Hannity. Did you hear that? And every, because he had to clear his throat, everybody's freaking out about it. And I'm thinking, geez, I mean, all my listeners do is listen to me hack, cough. Um, so I'm sorry about that. Okay, well, I'm just mixed up. I really am about that. And I want to tell you, I I really, you know, I'm in denial. I can't believe it. They're going to put this woman on the court. They're going to put her on the court. And yet they're squawking about Democrats packing the court for two years. Two years, the Republicans, Mitch McConnell and that Republican Senate, refused to sign off on any judicial appointment for the federal judiciary that President Obama sent up to them. They said, no, 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 no. And so... When Donald Trump became the president, there were well over a hundred vacancies on the court, the federal judiciary. And all of a sudden, McConnell and the senators couldn't say yes, yes, yes fast enough. So when you want to talk court packing, it is still ongoing. And it is the Republicans who are doing it successfully. All of these positions, lifetime positions, 
almost every one filled by a white, incredibly conservative and often political man. In that regard, she is a bit of an anomaly. That she would end up sitting in the seat of Ruth Bader Ginsburg is to me such an affront. Amy Coney Barrett wouldn't be where she is without Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And yet she will sit on the court and dismantle everything that Ginsburg stood for. I want to talk a little bit, if I may, because I don't know that I have, about how creeped out I am by this people of praise, which is the faith community that Amy Barrett uh, belongs to. I'm assuming that you have read some things about it and how you can read about it and not find it disturbing. I mean, if somebody chooses to live their lives in such a way, that's fine. It's disturbing because somebody from that environment having so much power over the lives of all the rest of us is to me chilling. There are apparently only, what is the number? Just over a thousand people who actually belong to this group, 1,650 adult members in the country. And it's not counting the children, and there's tons of children. And here's an interesting fact. Most of the children leave when they are of age. They say, "Uh, nope. Nope, I would like to uh, be free, (laughs) literally free, (laughs) because it is as authoritarian and patriarchal a society as you can imagine. Every member must submit to the leadership of their spiritual director. They must sign a covenant that they will serve one another in all ways, spiritual, material, and financial. That could be fine. But it's the patriarchy and the control that creeps me out. She is not a representative person, American. She's not. She's not even representative of this group because most of the women in this group do not work as she does outside the home, do not 
have power as she does. But the only reason she has it is because her husband clearly is not threatened by her success. So she lucked out, and her husband allowed her to go out into the world. A lot of these people who belong to this cult do not have such a generous perspective. Young people are often pressured to drop out of school, to turn down job offers that the head, their spiritual leader, determines might pull them away. It is such an un-American kind of a, you know, the people who want her there, the same people who like squawk about individual freedom. And here is a woman who surrenders her individual freedom to her husband. I cannot imagine such a suffocating and confining way to live one's life. It creeps me out. Most of the group's members are technically Catholic, and yet they do a lot of the charismatic uh, Christian stuff. They speak in tongues. And then there's this. They have a very strict view of human sexuality. And their very strict view of human sexuality is that women are women and men are men. And women should not be with women and men should not be with men. And certainly men shouldn't be able to become women or women to become men. They believe in the traditional gender norms and they openly reject LGBTQ This is someone who should sit on the Supreme Court. I'm blown away by it. She's frightening to me. Truly frightening. And it's a done deal. Incredible. Little Tony says, I dropped off my ballot on Friday in person at the Allegheny County office building. When I checked the state's election ballot status with the site, it shows the ballot receive space empty. 
It shows when they mailed it, but not that they received it. Well, you just dropped it off on Friday, Tony. Calm down. I want to call them, but it's a holiday. for. Yes, it is today. It's Columbus Day. It's, I forgot. It's Columbus Day, isn't it? And there's a picture in the uh, Post-Gazette of the Columbus statue, um, which is unrecognizable. It's still standing there, but it's wrapped up in plastic and duct taped. It just looks like this big blob. Uh, has anyone else, Tony wants to know, check their status after dropping off their ballot in person, and it was blank. Thanks. Look, you, Tony, take some deep breaths. Seriously. I, it, it, it's just not, this is the first time all of us have voted in this way. The state, the counties are not, you know, never done this before. It's not a well-oiled machine and I'm sure your status will be updated. If you physically handed it in, they've got it. They just haven't somehow, whoever puts it in and updates statuses on the website hasn't done that yet. They might be sitting under a big stack of stuff. They might also have other jobs to do. I would just really calm down. If you haven't seen a change in your status in a week, I would call. You know, again, it occurs to me that this anxiety that we all have about our votes is so unbelievable. The fear that they won't be counted. And that is just one part of the damage that Donald Trump and the Republicans have done to our democracy. Never before in my life, which is in its eighth decade, never before in my life when I voted and I voted every election there was, did I fear <clears throat> that my vote would not be counted. I was with a friend yesterday who said she's voting in person because she just, damn it, she says, I'm voting. I'm going to put a mask on, a face shield. I will wear comfortable shoes. And I will. Stay. I want to do it in person because she's concerned, wants her, wants her vote counted. I was concerned and said I was going to vote in person until my back went kaplooey, and I can't stand for 10 minutes. So I got the absentee ballot. I have filled it out. I was going to go drop it off at one of the satellite centers uh, this weekend. But I saw that at the satellite centers, there was also a potential wait. And I can't. So I still have my finished ballot here. And today I am going to drop back to my third choice, which is I'm putting it in the mailbox. Now, everyone I know who has voted by mail, 
I mean, talking about five people here, did within a week receive a letter saying your ballot has been received. We got it. Calm down. So I'm just going to try to, again, take deep breaths and calm my anxiety. And I'm going to stick it in the mailbox at the post office. (laughs) Oh, God. Mm. Uh, Speaking of uh, these, uh, this confirmation hearing, um, last week I saw a piece and I didn't find the time to uh, share it with you. And um, and then I saw other news outlets pick up on it. And it has to do with the fact that media are uncomfortable and loathe to report about the mental acuity of office holders. Um, when Strom Thurmond, remember him, was a hundred years old and still and still toddling around in the Senate. He, by the way, would go home to sleep. Guess where he slept in those years? He he was living at Walter Reed. He was living in a hospital. He sometimes didn't know where the hell he was. Remember uh, Thad Cochran? That would happen just a few years ago. That's another Republican senator from the South. And um, he was chair of the Appropriations Committee. And he apparently was so disoriented at times that his aides had to literally shepherd him into uh, committee hearings and and tell him where he was and how to vote. And all the other senators just looked the other way. What you haven't heard up until now is that Dianne Feinstein, who is the ranking Democrat on the committee that is right now listening to the would-be Supreme Court justice. She is the top Democrat on the Judiciary Committee. And by all accounts, she is not quite the sharpest knife in the drawer anymore. She always, I mean, this woman has had an extraordinary career. She went after the CIA. There's been a movie made about that. She has been, you know, one of the major gun rights activists, uh, going after the gun rights activists. Uh, She is 
the kind word is diminished. And her colleagues rarely engage with her because she too is now out of it. Not all the time, but some of the time. And the New York Times finally reported it. And they said she appears, colleagues and Senate aides privately worry that she sometimes appears bewildered or disengaged. Now, she is 87 years old. She is right now the oldest senator. But there are sure a ton of people right behind her in the House and the Senate. And they're leading both of our parties. And because they're so old, they head the biggest committees. Charles Grassley, Senator 87, runs the Senate Finance Committee. Over in the House, who do the Democrats have? They got Steny Hoyer. They got James Clyburn. They're both over 80. The head of the Armed Services Committee is 85. The head of the Appropriations Committee is 86. Makes Joe Biden look like a youngster. And we've mentioned this before that all over the world, the leaders of nations are becoming younger and younger and younger. And they're becoming female and younger and younger and younger. It is, and, and it says something about our ossified institutions 